0: Welcome to an inspirational Sunday message from Found Church. We hope you will be challenged and encouraged while listening to this message. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our church website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Here today, it's a real joy and privilege to welcome you all. Again, if you weren't in earlier when we welcomed people, It's my privilege to share God's word now, and so let's just bow our heads together as we come to prayer. We need God's help in all that we do, and Father, I need your help as I share your word today, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, you'll just speak through me. Thank you for all that's happened in his service today. We give you thanks for each and every boy and girl and every single person here. Pray that, Holy Spirit, you'll come and make these words real and alive in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've just got one verse for you today, one text. And it's Acts thirteen thirty six, which says, For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. And so today, I want to talk about serving God's purpose in our generation. You could say that that verse was a fitting epitaph for David's life. In the ancient Greek world, an ep- 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 epitaphios, epitaphios where we get uh, like uh, epitaph from, referred to words inscribed on the outside of a tomb in memory of the deceased person buried. And whole books have been written about epitaphs, things that people have written in tombstones. I think one of the funniest ones was, I told you I was sick, which is probably one of the better ones. But uh, there's all kinds of epitaphs. And if you were looking for a fitting epitaph for David's life, it would be that one. It wasn't what Paul meant when, when, he, when he was speaking about David, but I would say it would fit in with him. Dr. David Jeremiah said, could there be a more succinct yet powerful summary of one man's life? Does God expect any more from any of us than to complete the work he's given us to do? And that's what we find with David, that he completed the work that Father God gave him to do. And if we all do that, I believe it will leave a fitting epitaph and a fitting legacy uh, for those who come behind. We're contributing to the kingdom of God and we want to make a difference. And I believe today there's never been a greater opportunity and never been more openness and there's never been a greater uh, privilege for us than to share God's word with those around us and to live for him. As an individual and as a church leader, I've lamented the moral state and decline of our nation for many, many years. And I pray for a move of God practically every single day. And I'm involved in in prayer events and things that are going on or some amazing prayer events happening in Scotland at this moment in time. Leaders praying together every couple of months. Other leaders praying together in the alternate months. And even this week, 17 leaders from our local area were praying together here in Denchira Grange. And so I pray for a move of the Spirit of God and our nation. But I realize also that it's not just what God does, it's what we do as well. And and so we can't leave it all to God. The Bible says that we've got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, but God works in us. So responsibility for each and every one of us to be salt and light in our community. We've got our responsibility day by day. I heard somebody once say this, that we shouldn't just count the waves that come in, but we should watch the tides. And I think that's a great statement. And I I would personally believe that I've seen the tide go out morally uh, in in our country in the the 30-odd years that that I have been in ministry here. And I remember coming uh, as a young minister uh, to Larbert many, many years ago, and uh, Paul Mercy from Sheffield coming up and speaking to our pastors, and he actually spoke in our own church as well. And he told us at that time that there were no-go areas for the police in some areas of our cities. And I remember that being a wake-up call for me. I never, ever thought that that kind of things was going on. And today there are people, organizations that that highlight things that's going on in our nation at this moment in time. Organizations like the Christian Institute, the Coalition for Marriage, Citizen Go, that that alert us to some of the tides and, and some of the ways that things are going in our nation at this moment in time. And, uh, and there's some very, very challenging things uh, as Christians uh, seek to live for God. Often they're discriminating against them. These organizations, I'm not saying I agree with everything they say, but, but they are there to, to help us. In fact, there's an organization called Let Us Pray. And you can look at that uh, on the website itself that, that's highlighting some of the things that are going on just now. And you may be aware that there's a whole debate going on about conversion therapy. And I think every single person in this room w- would, would uh, be opposed to the weird and the wacky that, that's going on in a small margin of people. But it looks to me like a sledgehammer, to try and crack a nut. And, and this organization, let, let Us Pray, highlights, and you can check it out for yourself, some of the things that some of the organizations that are seeking to do that, to even stop private prayer in people's lives and, and private conversations. And, and, and some of the things that some of the organizations believe in, in relation to that, uh, that's going ag- I, I, I want to shut down the mouth of the church at this moment in time. I would say that... Uh, that it's really worth looking at, and I wouldn't even mention some of the things that go on in a public meeting such as this. Scotland yet has a fantastic heritage, and you don't need me mu- need to, need to say much about that. Scotland is one of only two countries that I know that's made a covenant uh, with God. And, and going back to the, the days of, of the national covenant. Uh, and Israel, of course, was a covenant that God initiated with Israel. But we've got a great history And and Tom Lenny's book uh, uh, about the, the work of God in our nation says, Scotland arguably has the richest heritage of evangelical revivals of any nation in the world. So our history, if we look back at our nation, we will see that there were people who served God in their generation and did a fantastic job. And it's our job today. That's what I'm really trying to get across today. When I look back at the, at the mottos of our nation, I don't know if you're aware, but let, let, let Glasgow flourish, what wasn't the, the, the motto at one time, it was let Glasgow flourish through the preaching of his word and the praising of his name. And, and Edinburgh, the motto of Edinburgh is, is built along the psalm, except the Lord builds a house. It's written in Latin, but that's really based upon that psalm, except the Lord builds a house. Psalm 1 7, they labor in vain to build it. Greenock, God speak, speed Greenock. And people places like Linlithgow and that have got great mottos. And you look around at the monuments in Edinburgh, and, and you'll see some amazing statements to the glory of God. You'll find mottos with, to the glory of God. Above the library, you'll find, let there be light. Look at the statues at, at, in Princess Street Garden, and you'll find a quotes from the book of Judges. Go into St. Andrew's house and you'll find, and I shall make you fishers of men. And and all that's part of our heritage. And even if you were to, to read some of the stuff that Robert Burns had, and obviously I don't agree with all the lifestyle of Robert Burns, but actually he said some amazing things. And his knowledge of Scripture was absolutely amazing. In fact. In, in his poem, The Cotter's Saturday Night, he telling the story of devotions in, in, in a cottager uh, on a Saturday night and, and how they would have had the devotions for their family reading and praying uh, together. He, he shows a knowledge of hymn tunes like Dundee, Martyrs, Elgin, and he compares them with some of the, 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 the tunes that are around in his day. And, and then he goes on to speak about people like Abraham, Moses, Amalek, uh, Isaiah, uh, Job and the, the, the old prophets. And so Robert Burns had a great understanding. He speaks about the sacrifice of Jesus and the message of Revelation. And he says, "...from scenes like these old Scotia's grandeur springs that makes her loved at home and revered abroad." And so he understood that there was something special about the Scottish nation in relation to its heritage and the things that would be taking place in the cottagers Saturday night. That is our heritage. And what a history, as I said, of revivals there are. In shots, for example, in June 1630, over 400 people were converted in an open-air meeting under the ministry of a guy called John Livingston, who was only 27 years old. He preached for an hour and a half. You'll be thankful I'm not doing that today. He led an exhortation and warning for a further hour. So it's two and a half hours. And uh, he'd actually tried to run away, and God spoke to him. 500 people were saved. Following the revival in Wales when when 100,000 people were swept into the kingdom of God, eh, some amazing things happened in Scotland. It says in eh, Blairgowrie, Eddie, I thought you might like this, on the 17th of January 1905, 1,100 people turned up at a crusade in Blairgowrie and 200 had to be turned away because there was no room for them. Fantastic stuff. And then it speaks about the yacht Albatross going to Wick, and, and the Revival Times speaks about uh, God uh, doing great things, in Glasgow Motherwell, Forfa, and uh, the Church of God in Kilsyth on the 1st of February, 1908, the fire fell, 30 to 40 people were prostrated under the power of the Holy Spirit. Cl- crowds flocked, and the following week, over 200 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the Aberdeenshire Press and Journal claimed that over... Uh, 10,000 people had already experienced the force of the evangelical hurricane now sweeping over the fishing ports of the north in December 1921. And, uh, and, and during the herring season and, uh, uh, down, down in uh, uh, Lowestoft, there was a, a cooper, a, 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 a man who makes uh, bottles, called Jock Troop, and, and it came from Wick, and he was holding open-air meetings, and he felt God told him to go to Fraserburgh, which is where I come from, and he went to Fraserburgh, and he was not the open-air uh, preaching in Fraserburgh. He just went because God told him to go, and at the same time, the, 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 the deacons in the Baptist church in Fraserburgh had just had a meeting, and, and Jock Troop, went to the Baptist church because it, it was raining, and he went to the Baptist church where these deacons had just finished a meeting and, and decided they were going to invite Jock Troop to the meeting to, to, to have meetings, special meetings, and he was there already. Amazing things. And so that's something of what happened. And, and I could go on about all these things. The, 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 the Lewis revival, that, that is our heritage. And there are prophecies still to be fulfilled. People like Jean Dunnall and folk like that have have told us about their believing that Scotland has got a future in revival. And I believe that as well. And I believe these prayer meetings that are happening just now with our ministers in Scotland are a starter for that. 200, uh, or just short of 200, uh, ministers and leaders from all over Scotland came to this very room. In, in, uh, the start of this year and prayed uh, for our nation and God did some amazing things uh, after that. And I could go on to speak in detail about the forces that are work today I'm not going to strange ideals, strange philosophies, but only this week, J. John wrote an article called The Lament for the Church of England. J. John is a canon in the Church of England, he's also an evangelist for the Church of England. And, and, and while in one sense, that some of the national churches are failing to take a lead God is doing something in our nation at this moment in time. And so the picture that's before us now is not the, the fault of the generation that, that, that's here just now. Church membership in Scotland actually peaked in 1905. But what's past is past. We can't do anything about what is past. And I've gone at, at a rate of knots through some of the things that have happened in our nation to try and paint a picture that our nation is a great nation. And God has done some amazing things in our nation in days gone past. But he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And the challenge is for us today to serve God's purpose in our generation. And that's what David did. When David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now, you probably all know who David is. But in case you didn't, David is a fella who picked off the giant Goliath with a stone and a sling and did a mighty victory. Uh, and, and, and that's the David that we're speaking about who later went on to become king after Israel, and is known in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. But it says in our text it was after he'd served God's purpose in his generation. I think the word purpose is a great word. I like that. And since I became a Christian, I thank God that every day I waken up with a sense of purpose. Now, we introduced you to Martin earlier on this week and and earlier on in this meeting. And Martin was teaching our our senior leadership team this week principles and that that we can then roll out and and bless our whole church with. But uh, part of what he was teaching was about priorities and, and having a plan for our lives and stuff like that. It's a great thing to have purpose. Rick Warren has, of course, written a book called The Purpose Driven Life. He's written one called The Purpose Driven Church. He's written one called The Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. And as Stephen said at communion, God's got a plan and purpose for every human being. And he quoted Jeremiah 29 and 11, which is a favorite verse of many, where God says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So I believe God's got a plan and purpose for every life. Psalm 139 tells us that he knows all our days, all the days ordained for us are written in his book before one of them comes to be. Now that's what the Bible says. You may not be in a place where you believe that yet, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, and I believe it, that God has got all my days mapped out. And I believe he's got all yours as well. And Ephesians 2 and 10 tells us that that we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. So not only has God got a plan and purpose for our life, but he's got good works that he wants us to walk in and make a difference in life. That's purpose. God has got a purpose and a plan for every life. I don't believe God's a killjoy. I believe God is the author of joy. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So God is a God of purpose, working out His plans and purposes. I'm glad that I believe that. I'm glad that I stand upon the rock of ages in a a day and age when all kinds of things are shifting. When all kinds of things are going on in our world today, I thank God I stand on the rock of ages. And God is a God of purpose. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, when John is asked to come up higher, he says, I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And then he goes on to say, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And I want to tell you this morning, I believe there's still a throne in heaven and God is still sitting on his throne. I believe that he's still in charge of the universe. And it doesn't matter what's happening in the world in one sense, my my eyes are fixed on the one who is working out all things together for good. Isaiah 6 Isaiah had exactly the same understanding. And he says, In the year that King Uzziah, and he had a long reign, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the glory of his train filled the temple. So Isaiah also saw God on his throne. Earthly monarchs come and go. Even in the days of Pharaoh... And still today, we're going in and discovering stuff about the Pharaohs. And we find that they were buried with all their artifacts, with all their treasures, even sadly with some of their servants for the next world. They were buried with all of these things, thinking that they would be chiefs in the next world. What a sad awakening they must have had when they woke up and realized that, hey, the order of things has changed. God is the one who's sitting on his throne. He's in control of it all. Many are the plans in a man's heart. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And there's many, many verses about that. Job 36 and 5, he's mighty and firm in his purpose. Isaiah 46 and 10, where it says, I say my purpose will stand and I will do what I please. So I believe God is on his throne. And as I said, he's a plan and purpose for every single life. It says in Psalm 33, 15, he fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. And, and then it's twice in Psalm 57 and 2, and, and Psalm 138, the psalmist declares, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And so he's making a declaration that, that God will fulfill his purpose for me. Now, not everybody goes along with God's purpose. And in the days that Jesus was alive in this earth, we read in Luke 7, 29, that the religious leaders of the day rejected God's purpose for their life. But thank God he's got a purpose for every single one of us. So the question that I want to ask you and me today is, that is to make God's purpose our primary purpose. So if God's got a purpose for my life, and He knows it all, and He's got all things mapped out, then am I living for God? See, Stephen quoted a verse, and I quoted it a few moments ago, about all things working together for good. But it says to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. And and so when we are called according to His purpose, in his in his will, doing what he wants us to do. It's then that all things work together for good. If I go, if I go down to the pub at night, and, which I don't, and get and drink twenty pints, which I don't, just in case he thought I would, and, and then and then go into my car and drive my car and, and run into a, a wall and and, uh, and and something serious happens to me. That, that's my fault, isn't it? I've done I've done something myself. That, that, all things work together for good. That's a pretty crazy thing to do is to go and do that kind of stuff. And, and so it's when we, when we serve God's purpose that that happens. And sometimes things don't work out because we do it our way rather than God's way. And so God's got a plan and purpose for every life. I hope we remember that today. And even folk like Joseph in the Old Testament, who was put in jail for the good things he'd done. He was blamed for for stuff that wasn't his fault. He was falsely accused of rape, and all kinds of things. Even there in the jail, the Bible tells us that God was with him. God was working out his purposes. God was working out his plans. And later on, Joseph made a great declaration in Genesis 50 verse 20, and he says, you intended, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. You intended to harm me. And he saw God, and all of that. Bob Goff, an author, a preacher, says, be captivated with purpose, and you'll care less about everyone else's predictions. I like that, 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 that we are captivated by purpose. The devil has his purpose too. I don't know if you know that, but we believe that, that there is a supernatural being, a created being, called the devil, Satan, the adversary. He's got a number of names, and, and he's got a purpose too. And just in John 10 and 10, where the Bible says that Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Bible tells us the devil's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's got a purpose for our life, to mess up our life. And we see that in, 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 in all the, the, like through the New Testament. Jesus tells us that he snatches away the seed that was sown. I was telling somebody the other day that I remember a time when I sat in a meeting like this. And, and I worked in a bank and my friend from the bank invited me to come. I loved the singing, I loved the life, but I was not going to get converted. I wasn't going to be one of these weirdos, and and, and so I wasn't going to get converted. And so I would sit there, and I would every time the preacher preached, I would switch off mentally, count hats, look at stuff, purposely focusing my eyes on that kind of stuff, because I did not want to, to get saved. And the Bible tells us the devil takes a seed that's planted, because that's what preaching does. It's like a sower-sowing seed. Takes a seed that's planted and, 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 and tries to, to, to null, make it null and void. Tries to mess up relationships. And so, listen, friends. If you're here today and you're a believer and you're not in good relationship with brothers and sisters, that's not how it should be. And the Bible tells, them, tells us, don't even give him a foothold. Because I'll tell you what, if you give him a foothold, it'll become a stronghold, And then it'll become a stronghold. So he, the devil doesn't care whether he trips you up, puffs you up, messes you up, builds you up, whatever he might do, he wants to take you down. But thank God, the, the declaration that John makes in 1 John 3 and 8 says this, for this purpose, the Son of God, it's Jesus, was manifested, he came in his life, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And whatever, the, whatever way the devil is doing, he's messing up in your life, Jesus came to deal with these things in his wonderful name. Lots of people, thirdly, have their own purpose and agenda. You know, I never would want anywhere near my funeral, I did it my way. Never anywhere near it. Like, Frank's Sinatra I can keep it. I don't want it. I don't want to do it my way. My, my biggest problems in life have been when I've done it my way. I want to do it his way. That's what I want to do in my life. And so, so I want to be a forgiving person. I don't want to be a revengeful person. I don't want to get even person. I don't want to be a messed up person. You see, when David was alive, there was a, the, the, the king before him was Saul. And David started serving Saul, and he was a good guy. And, and David was a real blessing to Saul. And then one, so, But Saul was jealous of David. And he sent them out, and, and, and David won victories. And one day, the, the young girls were singing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David's killed his tens of thousands. And he was annoyed. He was bitter. The Bible says that that, that it galled him. He he, he was really annoyed when he heard that. And and he set out, he set out to kill David. He set out to further his own purpose and Satan's purpose to kill David. And and, and it was crazy that this man, who is the king of, of Israel, is actually going around trying to kill a guy who had no intention of killing him. I mean, it's crazy. His life is messed up. In fact, In 1 Samuel 24 and 15, David shouts to him after David could have killed him and never took the opportunity. He says, against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog? A flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. I would like to ask the question, what is the king of Israel doing hunting down and trying to kill the man God has chosen to succeed him and who has shown nothing but support for him? So, so you've got this picture that King Saul, his purpose in life is to get rid of David who didn't want to get rid of him and he's wasted, instead of ruling and reigning, he's out chasing, like, like, like chasing this man who's got no desire at all to get back at him. I've met people like that. They mess up their lives on on, on trivialities. Spend their life on things that have got no eternal consequences. So we have 168 hours a week. What are they filled with? Are they filled with what is important to us? Or what is important to Him? Are we serving God's purpose in our generation? Thank God there have been many, many people who have served God's purpose in their generation. People like Esther, who the Bible says came to the kingdom for such a time as this. People like Nehemiah who built the walls. People like the prophets of the Old Testament. John the Divine in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul. Who, Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I die daily, nevertheless I live, yet not, yet not I but Christ who lives in me. So he was living for God's purpose. And that's my question to you today. Are you living for God's purpose? You can live for your own purpose. You can live for the enemy's purpose or you can live for God's purpose. But only God's purpose has eternal reward and uh, blessing. Max Dupree said, he's author of best-selling books and leadership, says this, Life is more than just reaching our goals as individuals and as a group. We need to reach our potential. What's God put in you? He's gifted every one of us. What's he put in you and what's he put in me? Back to the quote that I gave earlier on. After mentioning our verse, where David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. The quote that was there by David Jeremiah. Could there be a more succinct, yet powerful summary of one man's life? Does God expect any more from any of us than to complete the work he has given us to do? That's a great statement and a great question for every one of us. I just want us to bow our heads in a moment and the band will come and then I just want to, to pray. And just while we're here in this atmosphere, the question is, are you serving God's purpose in our generation? Are we here today doing that? You see, we need Jesus in our life to do that. And that's why he died on the cross, that, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And maybe you've never invited Jesus to come into your life, but... Uh, Today, you've been challenged about how you're living, whether you're living for your own purpose or the enemy's purpose or whether you're living for God's purpose. I believe it God put that verse upon my heart. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. They wanted to share it today. Are we serving God's purpose in our generation? Well, every head's bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. Well, every head's bowed and every eye closed and only me is looking if you'd like to do that today, why don't you raise your hand and I'll see your hand and then take it down and I'll pray for you. I'll not embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, Michael, my life's messed up. I need Jesus in my life. If you want to raise your hand today, I'll pray for you. Is there one here today and God's been speaking to you and you say, or maybe you're here today. Maybe, maybe in this meeting, you haven't been serving God's purpose. It's a turnaround day for you. Change today. Father, I pray for those that are not living for you today. Lord, that you will change and you'll put something in our hearts today that we'll go on to live for you with all of our hearts, Lord. Completely dedicated to you. Lord, that's when we fall asleep. Lord, when our work is done. Not until then. Help us, Lord, to be involved in your work. To do what you want us to do, forgive us for our shortcomings. We dedicate ourselves afresh to you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Stuart. Listening, we hope you've been challenged and inspired. Please feel free to contact us through our website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.